Women aren't born warriors. We become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week, I'm interviewing women who, through tragedy and triumph, are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Want to know how I found the house of my dreams? My real estate agent, Angelo Fierro. Angelo, is this really the time we should be buying or selling a house? It's the best time. It's a record year. Sellers are seeing the highest prices ever in the history of LA. And for buyers, interest rates have never been this low, 2.7% for a 30-year fixed. It's the best time to buy. Oh my God. Well, what about COVID though, Angela? Like, this is kind of a freaky time. Like, how do you handle that? We take care of everything. We steam clean the house before showings and staging. We clean during, and we adhere to wearing masks, gloves, and booties. Okay, but what if I'm a tired mother? You know, this is a The Warrior Woman podcast. We're tired, Angelo. How are you going to, can you handle some of this for us? Like, how do we do this? We do it. We do it. Our team does it and Compass does it. Compass Concierge fronts the money to prep and stage your home so you don't have to. And then... We get you a nice massage after the close. Ooh, a massage. I'm going to hold you to that one. All right, everybody. This is Angelo Fierro, my favorite agent at Compass Concierge. You can get in touch with them at asklosangelo at Gmail. That's asklosangelo at Gmail. Or call them, 323-821-5353. Thanks, Angelo. Thank you, Liz. Welcome, Warriors. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is our final week of our series on vitality. I have saved one of the best interviews for this last in the series, and we're going to go deep on the four cornerstones of health and wellness with Kimberly Snyder, three-time New York Times bestselling author and founder of Saluna. I learned so much from this podcast and loved having Kimberly on as a guest. She's going to give us easy, practical tips and reframe what it means to be in the darkness. If you haven't listened to the rest of the podcast in our Vitality series, you should. Episode 44 with famous dermatologist, Dr. Mamima. Episode 45 with inclusive beauty warrior and Parkinson's warrior, Terry Bryant. Episode 46 with mindset teacher, Tracy Litt. And episode 47 with Kanoor Bahal, where we reframe quitting. Make sure you go back and listen to those episodes as we head into our new series on femininity. But before that, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary of this podcast. I can't thank you enough for being with me on this journey. We have built quite a little community of warriors. I'm very proud of us. Our next episode, will be celebrating our one-year mark by speaking with our top three most listened podcasts. So tune in next week. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss anything. And after that, our big 50th episode with my very special guest. Wait till you hear who it is. I have a new sponsor. It's the Business Relationship Alliance. That's the Bra Network, guys. I love the Bra Network. It's a network of female entrepreneurs that lift and support each other. Guys, I love this group. I've talked about it many times. They believe in collaboration over competition. They hire women in their own network first, and they have amazing elevated networking events and courses. I've taken many of them. Guys, I can't say enough about the Bra Network. Use my code WARRIOR for 10% off an annual membership. Today on the show, we have Kimberly Snyder, the founder of Saluna, 
a wellness and lifestyle community. She's a three-time New York Times bestselling author of five books, including the Beauty Detox book series and Radical Beauty, co-written with Deepak Chopra. She's also a nutritionist, certified yoga teacher, and a spiritual and meditation teacher. Kimberly also created the Saluna Circle, an online community based on Saluna's four cornerstones of true beauty, food, body, emotional well-being, and spiritual growth, where she helps guide others to tap into their own unique beauty. Kimberly hosts the top-rated podcast, Feel Good, with Kimberly Snyder. I've been listening, Kimberly, and I'm loving your podcast. You know, people who have podcasts are fans of other podcasts. Like, that's how we are. We're weird like that. And her Saluna Organic Juice and Smoothie Bar is located at the Four Seasons Hotel in Beverly Hills, I don't know why I haven't been there yet. I'm going. Okay, welcome to the show, Kimberly. Oh, wow. I'm so excited to be here, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I feel like I'm going to be your new best client. I've already signed up for your newsletter. I'm going to do everything. I've already bought a book. Like, I don't even know. You've already sold me. I don't know why. I just think I've looked at you. I've seen all the things you're doing. You seem like you're living life right. And I think I have a lot to learn from you. I really do. Oh, my love. Well, thank you so much for your kind words. I feel like all of us, you know, we're just taking it one day at a time. I'm doing my best. I was up at 4 a.m. today again with my baby. So, you know, taking it one breath at a time. I mean, that's why we look more put together on the outside than real life. So I I like to share about the real. (laughs) Oh, I, I love I love that. But I love that. I love that you're doing videos and your baby is literally like crossing the frame. He's like, hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> You're just kind of like, I go with it. It's not perfect every day. It's just what it, you know, it's going, it's going how it's going. Totally. My, my thing now, Elizabeth, is I like to do one take, right? I want it to be real. And quite honestly, I don't have time to take a million pictures or the videos. And I feel like we, at the, at the heart of it now, the way we are, we want to connect. We want to see real life. And to me, if you do one take and it's not perfect, that's okay because life isn't perfect either. So true. So true. Okay. Well, I like to start at the beginning because I have these, I I have these conversations with these warrior women like you. And by the way, she just took a sip of her green juice. I'm going to put the recipe in the show notes. I'm obsessed with this whole idea of green juice. We'll talk about that later. Um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, before we go on though, you have to remember it is a smoothie. It's not a juice. So I always have to teach people smoothie is the whole foods okay, is also beneficial, but the fiber is taken out. And as a huge digestion advocate, I am very, um, I'm, I love juice and smoothies, but I'm very pro smoothie because okay. it's the whole food, because I think we need the fiber for energy, mm-hmm. for digestion, for cleansing, blah, blah, blah. A hundred percent. I agree. I'm on the smoothie train. Okay. I green smoothie. Kimberly, I like to start at the beginning because I feel like when we're little, Sometimes we get like a little window into what we may be doing later, but maybe not. Maybe you were like a junk food queen when you were a child, who knows? Um, but what what kind of led you? Um, what did you think you would be when you were a little girl? Like, what did you think you would be when you grew up? So, so Elizabeth, I, from a young age, I always felt like I was going to be a doctor. And I was always really interested in science. I would say, I want to be a scientist. I want to be a doctor. I sort of flip-flopped. And I went down that path. I went into college with a partial science and math scholarship. And then one summer I interned in a hospital and realized that was not for me. 
it just wasn't my tough. That's a tough. Yeah. It just wasn't, I just couldn't see myself doing it. So I, but I was always really interested in biology. I was always really interested in the human body and that was, you know, the the little inklings of my biggest interest when I was little. So then I was like, well, what am I going to do now? And I, to be honest, I didn't really know. So I had been interning for a, a company at the end of my college years that had an office in Australia. So I said, oh, well, can you, can I work there for a year? So they let me go to Australia and, you know, I'm 20 years old and I was paid in US dollars. So I was able to save a little bit of money. And along the way, by the way, I'll have to add this in. This is a big part of the story. I was huge partier in college, drinking a lot of beer. I was eating late night pizza. I blew up. I was super, super bloated. I gained, you know, 30 pounds and I'm not the tallest person. My face was broken out in acne and my hair wouldn't grow. So I kept it, Elizabeth, in this tiny bun and people would call me, my friends called me bunhead. And so my energy was just in the toilet. I had to drink coffee all day and diet soda. One day I happened to see a little flyer in the gym and miracle of miracles. I didn't really go to the gym that much, but I went in and it was about detoxing. I had no idea what this was about. So I went in, I met with her and she started saying, you know, how's your digestion? I was like, what? I said, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the good stuff. Teach me how to lose the weight because I tried every diet, the huge calorie counter. And she said, actually, it's all related. So that was the beginning of this epiphany of connecting all the different parts of ourselves. Very, very, very beginning. So it lit this little fire in me that grew into a huge flame. And I became obsessed with learning more. And this, you know, my background of biology and science started to play in. And I ended up taking that money I saved and I ended up traveling what I thought was going to be for a few weeks, Elizabeth, from uh, Australia back home. I bought an around the world ticket. But long story short, it ended up being over three years. And the important part about Sure. Yes, God. <laughs> I was out of the Western world, though. I was mostly in Asia and Africa and some South America. So I was out of the Western ideals of beauty, of oh. dieting, of calorie counting, of this number focused society. Everything just blew my mind. I, I stepped away for three years, and that really became the foundation for my philosophy and my books and Saluna and all that I've created today. I came back and I went you know, formally back to nutrition school and did yoga training and all that. Yeah. But it was really that journey that was the departure for me. That's amazing. I, I was going to say, you graduated from Georgetown. I mean, you, yes. you went to a very serious school. You graduated with all the top honors. And then you went on this three-year trip <laughs> Believe me, everybody around me thought I was crazy. My parents I would thought, think people would never- think you were, yes. <laughs> but I had to tell you, this is where I think this is one of the big messages is you really have to listen to your heart and your truth as outlandish, as crazy as it sounds to everyone else. And it did at the time to everyone around me. Something in me, Elizabeth said, there's a reason for this trip. And I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew I loved to travel. And now looking in hindsight, I can say, oh, that experience really led me to all that I'm doing now. So it was a step along the path. So I think our heart leads us step by step. Maybe we don't know the final destination, but I do know if I didn't do that backpacking trip, then I wouldn't have been able to create this whole philosophy because again, it it took me into such a different place and I was out of this the thinking that I had been immersed in for my whole life for three years, which was long enough for me to start to question everything and to create my own perspective. And that's what I brought back. 
I mean, it's amazing. I, I love that you took that time because a lot of people would be like, um, no, I'm just going to throw myself into a job. I'm just going to, you know, because it just feels scary to like kind of leap totally. into the unknown like that. That's like a scary thing to do. But obviously look at all the knowledge that you gained in that process. The dark is seen as a scary place in our society. But, uh, you know, if you think about the seeds that go into the ground and then they grow. And also shamans talk a lot about transformation and that always happens in the dark and introspection and going inside. So I think if we reframe our idea that the dark is scary into thinking the dark is actually where pure potential is, and that's where we create from, and you close your eyes, you meditate, you go inside. I think a lot of magic happens when we embrace the so-called darkness and the unknown. Well, I mean, let's get into the darkness a bit here because I am now shocked. I'm now already shocked because, <laughs> you know, in my mind, you're the perf the perfect wellness person, but you were eating pizza and you were drinking beer and you're drinking too much. So I feel a little bit better now. I always have the phrase in my mind that women are not born warriors because I feel like we become them. Like nobody just comes out a warrior. Like people just... Yes. You know, women especially go through so many different things. And I think everyone has a rocky road to resilience. You know, like we kind of have the ups and downs. What have been some of your kind of tough moments that have sort of been part of your resilient journey? All these challenges, Elizabeth, we talk about the hero's journey. It is what makes us not only strong, but really able to empathize with others and able to connect. And if we don't go through this, these experiences, they're not fun in the moment, but we'd be more on the surface. Yeah. So for me, and, you know, we're looking at each other now, but you can see I'm not, you know, I'm not a white girl. And I grew up in a white girl place. I grew up in a very Caucasian town in Connecticut. And I'm mixed. I, my mother's from the Philippines and I have Hispanic blood and then my Irish, Austrian. So I'm mixed. And when I grew up, I was the other you know, we studied the Native Americans in school. The teachers would say, oh, aren't you Native American? And we studied World War II. And they think, well, are you Japanese? Like nobody really knew what I was. I wrote about this in one of my books. It really started, I started to question who I was from a young age because so many people said to me, what are you? Mm. What are you? Oh, you're exotic. What are you? And, you know, when you're four, you don't want to stand out. I started to develop a lot of anxiety about my identity, my appearance, and the rocky road through my teenage years included eating disorders, later, you know, a lot of partying, a lot of drinking, a lot of alcohol. And it was, you know, a lot really up until this around the world trip where I started to settle into myself. One of the most influential countries I went to was India. And I was there for many months and I lived in different ashrams. And that's when I started to learn the practice of meditation. That's when I started to learn the deeper part of myself because the outside never felt good to me. Even if it was positive, some people be like, oh, you're so pretty, da, 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 you're exotic. It just never felt good. So I started to learn to go deep and to dive deep inside of myself. And that was my first big lesson and it continues today. You know, of course, we're also you know, learning to connect with ourselves, which is what so much of my philosophy is about. Yes. But speaking of resilience, Elizabeth, there was a period a couple of years ago where my first child was not even one. And my mom got sick very suddenly. And she was such a rock for me. She was just always healthy, so much energy. She used to help me with my client work when I was, you know, back in the day cooking for all these celebrities. No, oh, I love it. And, you know, she, we found out she had cancer on Valentine's day and by you know, March 29th, she passed. So it was six. Oh weeks. my gosh. That is fast. 
Yeah. So it was just like all these shifts. I had become a new mom. I'd lost my mom. Um, it felt like, you know, things had been pulled away from me. So, you know, these are some of the moments where we realize that we don't control everything. We also realize, you know, how am I going to respond to this? How am I going to go on? How does, you know, what, what is my part? How do I shape my life after this? And again, for me, I found that after my mom passed, I did become, I became more in touch with my own resilience and strength, which I think is so deep inside of all of us, but sometimes we don't know how to access it. We don't even know it's there. So those were some of the defining moments for me. Yeah. I I think, I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to losing. I mean, a lot of people have lost loved ones even in COVID and now, and I think, you know, I've had a lot of ups and downs. I haven't lost um, people like that, but a lot of like just crazy ups and downs during this time period, just a lot of (laughs) rocky roads. And people always say to me like, oh, wow, you've had it really tough. Like you really had it tough. And I keep coming back to, yes, like it, it is tough sometimes. Like I I was in the hospital with my daughter over Christmas and she was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And we, it was such a, blow. We were like, what are you talking about? She's 11. Like, how did this even occur? We just couldn't understand. Um, and it was tough to be in the hospital, you know, children's hospital over Christmas with your child. But yeah. people are like, oh, you're so tough. And it, it, it was tough, but overall, I feel like I have this great life and yes, do I have these really tough times too? Yes. But I feel like grateful for all the wonderful times. And when we're having these wonderful times, I always say to the kids, look at this isn't this the greatest? Like I, I try to show them. I say, look, look what's happening right now. Like this is magical. This is amazing. You know, because when we're having those moments, I think it's so easy to just kind of like, let them go by. And I'm like, I want to like, let it sink in, you know, if anything, because those good moments feel really good. So Elizabeth, to your point, it's, you know, we can't control these events and these things are always happening. And it's not the events themselves that create stress and these bad feelings. It's our own thoughts. Mm. So instead of thinking, oh my God, I actually wrote about this. I wrote a post this morning on Instagram about it because I was up at 4 a.m. again with my baby. And, you know, I, my first thought, my first honest thought of the day was this sucks. You know, like, I I know I wake up like that sometimes too. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want, I want to sleep more. I don't want this, but guess what? This is what is in the moment. So we can either fight it and resist it and tell us, tell ourselves that it sucks. Or we can, as you said, just kind of relax, harmonize, you know, the yogis talk about surrendering to the moment and shift to gratitude. So then I shift now consciously. I think I'm so grateful for this amazing baby. I'm so grateful for my kids. I'm so grateful that I have these feet that carry me through the day. I'm so grateful yeah. for this home. You know, gratitude really does shift our perspective. And um, I think we can always find so many things to be grateful for. Yes. I know sometimes we have to, we feel like we have to dig, but we can still find it. Tell me, what have you had to let go? Because I feel like there's a lot of things, especially like as I get older, because I just turned 50 a little while ago. And I'm now like realizing it's about letting things go more than it's like, sometimes I'm just like, oh, that's just not something I'm going to like spend any time thinking about, or that's just not a relationship I want to engage in. What have you had to kind of let go um, in order to be as happy and fulfilled as I, I see that you are? (laughs) So I love this question, Elizabeth. I think letting go is one of the most powerful things we can do. I think, first of all, letting go of feelings. So this is a whole process I, I taught in my last book, but 
when we get into our head and our thoughts, then we have, you know, what the Buddhists call the, the monkey mind. We keep going in circles. But if we can feel in our body, we don't have to label, oh, this is anger. This is a noise. We just feel a feeling and we let it ride out. It's not comfortable. But then it, it actually goes. You actually digest it the way that you digest food. So when I started to learn to feel my feelings and let them go, that created so much lightness in my own day-to-day experience. Um, another thing I've let go of a lot is timelines. And so, you know, oh, this has to happen by this time, or we have to launch this product by this time, or why isn't this happening Again, we don't control all the time. So it creates so much stress and worry. So I've tr- I've really let go of times. The other big thing I've let go of, Elizabeth, and this has served me very well, and I recommend this for everybody listening, is to let go of numbers. What so, do you mean? What do you mean let go of numbers? Okay, so of course there's like speed limits and there's, you know, <laughs> your there's important numbers. In my philosophy, because... I was so obsessed with dieting and it wasn't until I stopped counting calories and carbs and sugar and started to understand a different way of looking at food, the much more holistic approach, getting full from fiber, natural form of portion control, eating whole foods. I let go of calories and my body came into balance. I've let go of my scale. I don't weigh myself anymore. My body feels great. I let go of, again, timelines, age. I don't ask people how old they are. I don't really say how old I am because I think it puts us in, oh, by the time I'm 30, I need to have three kids. By the time I'm, you know, 50, I need to have a, you know, $200 million company, whatever it is. Um, I also let go, I put out authentically what I put out, what I want to put out on social media. I don't obsess about how many likes followers. I've trained my mind not to always look at numbers. And that I think is so freeing. It takes work because our society is so numbers focused. Mm. But when I, the more I let go of numbers, Elizabeth, the more I feel light and happy and peaceful. I mean, that is a message for also the younger generations, let's just say, because it is so true them looking at social media. And if they don't get a certain number of likes, they're literally almost suicidal. They're putting all their worth, right? Yeah. On all these numbers, it's the saddest thing to me. I always say like to the kids, like my kids are older than yours a little bit. Mine's one's 14 and one's 11. And I just will not let them on social media. And they're like, they're hounding me, hounding me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but no, there's really not a lot of positive things that I can see for you being on there. Like it just, it adds to this bizarre, like feeling like, oh, my self-esteem is in this picture, how I look, how many likes it gets. If I'm, or looking at my other friend's picture, being jealous, wondering where they are that I'm not invited. I'm like, this is not a good idea. It's, It's a very vulnerable time, especially for teenagers. And of course for all of us, but at least as adults, we have a more formed construct of our sense of self. And if we find ourselves putting our self-worth in any number, it could be our weight, it could be, like you said, our salary, it could be our followers. That is, numbers are finite. Numbers don't define the essence of who we are. They aren't who we really are. So it becomes a very dangerous game when we let numbers define us. So yeah, yeah. that's a big one for a lot of us. I really, I love that you said that. Um, you have worked with everyone from Reese Witherspoon, who's my super favorite human being, um, <laughs> Carrie Washington, Channing Tatum. In fact, I saw a video that Drew Barrymore was talking about your book. And of course, I ordered the book on the spot because Drew and I are the same. Just letting you know, I've realized that Drew and I are twins. I cannot drink a hot beverage. 
because I am a hot little Aries over here and I want my iced tea in the morning. So now I got your book because I'm going to try I'm going to try to move myself in a good direction, but I really related to her when she told when she said that. But I'm wondering what like are the common threads of like why people hire you? What are they looking to do with you? So I think it's a very simple sentence. It's to feel good, and which is the name of my podcast. And when I say good, I don't mean like we're cheerful and happy all the time. I define feeling good as being really connected to yourself. So what I mean by that is so many people say to me, Elizabeth, I don't know if I'm really hungry. I don't know what I'm supposed to eat. I have these feelings and I don't know what to do with them. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know about this relationship. It's the confusion that makes us feel muddled, that weighs us down, that creates so much anxiety, creates the insomnia. When we are connected to ourselves and our truth, even if it's, you know, like we said, there's things we have to do that we may not want to do, or we're going through these times and these trials, we still are connected to our inner strength and our inner voice and our truth. And that is the common thread with all my clients. Um, you know, a lot of them, my cornerstones that we can talk about later are yes. food, body, emotional well-being, and spiritual growth. So I've always worked on those levels, getting people to understand what to eat, how to take care of their bodies. And then the body cornerstone is everything besides food. So how we exercise, how are you taking care of yourself? How are you sleeping? What supplements are you taking? We're embodied beings who are meant to take care of this physical temple. But then the emotional part, oh my God, Elizabeth, that's a really huge thing for a lot of us. Mental health. So again, the perspective, are we processing our feelings? Do we have support? Do we have a tribe? All these different aspects. And then the spiritual growth part, because I'm such a big advocate for meditation and stillness. I define spirituality as just how deeply we connect with ourselves, our true selves. Because as we were saying, if, if we put our self-worth, if we define ourselves by what our friends are doing, what we're wearing, um, you know, just the social media followers, all these things, we lose that sense of self. And in our sense of self is our power, is our wholeness, is our ability to be infinitely creative and to create the best stuff because it comes from that real place inside of us. Yeah. So whoever I've worked with now and whoever, you know, my books um, are read by, that's really it is about connection and, and feeling good. So tell me something, if somebody, cause I, I can't tell you how many girlfriends I have that have called me over these last months and oh my goodness, Kimberly, you know, these last months, like from the things happening at the Capitol to, I mean, just, there wow. has been, I mean, pandemic on top of civil unrest on top of just confusion, just mass confusion. It seems, um, I've had a lot of my friends calling me like, I am just like, not good. I am not good. And, it, I'm, and I'm so happy that we can say that to each other because I think we need to be able to say, I am not good. I am not good right now. I'm not good. Um, what if we're feeling super disconnected? What if we're feeling like, I don't know what even to have for lunch because I can't even get there. What is the first little step we can take to bring ourselves back when we are just muddled, like you're saying, muddy brains and we and monkey crazy brains and we don't know what to do? What's our, what's our step one? of that process? So first of all, I think that these moments that are very tumultuous, you know, whether it's a period of calamity, personal, um, just loss, like we were speaking about earlier, you know, the pandemic, all these things, these are the times, these are opportunities 
to go deeper and to grow. When things are going great and the government's stable and everything's (laughs) happening and the business is doing great, we don't usually take a deep dive in those times because things are already great. So first of all, I think it's switching the mindset that this is an opportunity for growth. Um, second of all, I think it we start to understand on a deeper level that safety and security can never and will never come outside of ourselves. So if we put all our faith in the government, we put all our faith in this corporate job or you know, even our kids, you know, are, they're going to grow. Things are going to change. So what it does is it drives us into back into ourselves, which can be a very uncomfortable place for a lot of people, especially if they're starting out, especially if they're not used to sitting with themselves. But I think the first step is um, recognizing that this is an opportunity. A second step is if you're just feeling just so you know muddled in the moment, I would sit down, I would close my eyes, just take a deep breath, get out a piece of paper, get out your journal and just start writing the things that you're grateful for. Start with seeing what you have because focusing on the good and focusing on that, everything we focus on will start to expand. So we can be in this moment and we can say, oh, this sucks. I just lost my job and you know it's raining outside. Or we can sit in this moment and be like, okay, I'm grateful that now I have some space to figure out what I really want to do. I'm very grateful that I'm breathing. I'm so grateful that I have this warm sweater on. And we just start to shift out of victim mentality into a much more expansive place. From that expansive place, we can think of new solutions or what I call downloads, just ideas that start to come in. We can start to connect more. We can start to, it's just everything shifts when we shift the energy. So gratitude is the instant Uh, shifter. And then of course, I would love everybody to put some energy into learning meditation, breathing, just really getting into your body, getting into yourself. And then for me, if you're just having just tough time, switch your environment, go for a five minute walk, get outside, go into nature, go look at a tree that is just embodied as as itself, not in the thoughts, sit outside, just shift your perspective. And then you can come back and look at things with fresh eyes. Oh, I love that. I'm telling you, I've seen these kids because they're on Zooms 500 hours a day. Sometimes like I literally will say, you have not been outside. Go outside. Just please just go outside because it's, it's a funny thing. Like who would have ever thought, right. That we were just going to have these kids. It's almost like they have a nine to five job. They're like with their screen in their face. It's the war. I can't even do it. I'm not podcasting from eight in the morning until three, 4 PM. Like I'm, I had this one with you today. That's like my dessert of the day, right? I'm having a hot fudge Sunday right now. I'm so happy, but like they, that's not their experience. And so I, it's, it's, I mean, it's funny. You can just let a whole day go by, especially if it is not a great day, right? Not sunny or not. I mean, we're lucky we live in Los Angeles, but like in other places, some, you know, it's not so nice. So you don't go outside. You got to get out there. I don't care if it's freezing. <laughs> you have to go outside. Put on your snowshoes. I think too, you know, Elizabeth, to this, you know, we we're talking about the kids and the sense of self, just being so much outside. We all know what it's like to be a teenager. Like I was saying, I was just, you know, horrified at myself. And if I had a pimple, it was like the end of the world. <laughs> but there is so much. We don't really realize or understand, I think, the healing power of nature. But as I look out my window at these trees, I think it's the it's the place where it, it is true being these plants and these trees are just being themselves and they're not trying to be something else. And there's an energy in that. 
There's yeah. a real power of stability, just beingness. And in our world, we're always trying to do more. We're always trying to look like something else. We're trying to look better. We're trying to get somewhere instead of being who we are. And ironically, it's from that place of being that you draw people in, that you come up with the best ideas, that you're the most attractive when you're not trying to get. It's this idea of radiating out. So I do think there's a lot of healing power that comes in nature. And I think it's great for teenagers. Just shoo them out the door. (laughs) Out the door, person. Go, go. Um, tell me what is your daily routine? I'm this, it was so funny. I was talking to my husband last night and by the way, your videos of you and your husband were killing us. We're dying laughing. We're like, look how cute they are. You were like, what are you doing? You took my toothbrush. I was dying laughing. Your videos are hysterical. You and your husband, he's so cute. And my husband kind of looks similar to your husband. So it's kind of funny. Um, but anyway, we, I was saying, I was telling him all about you and how you're coming on the show. And I don't normally like involve him, but this is like, I told you, he's more like you. He's like really into all this stuff. I'm like literally a beginner. I'm just gonna, I just got one of your books. I'm, I just signed up for your newsletter. I'm kind of tiptoeing in with you. Um, but he was, I was like, what do I, I had an idea of something I wanted to ask you. And I thought, well, what would you ask her? And he said, well, I want to know her daily routine. And I was like, that's so funny. That's the exact thing I wanted to know because I feel like I'm a little bit crazy. I've got a lot going on. I'm trying to manage all this stuff. And I feel like there's so many things that get in the way of me living in a way that would be more healthy and better for me. And I'm thinking you've got little tiny beings and a husband, and this huge business with many arms, Kimberly, many things. So if you have, like, I just need to know your daily routine. I need to know how are you doing this and then maintaining all the, all the kind of practicing what you preach, basically. How, how are you able to kind of, you know what I mean, do both? So thank you, Elizabeth, for that. I, I think routine is so important. When you look in nature, again, back to my nature analogy, the sunrise, the sunset, the circadian rhythms, our bodies respond very well to rhythm. And of course, it's not always exactly possible with schedules and kids, but a basic rhythm that we maintain will start to regulate your emotions, your digestion, your sleep patterns, your energy. And so I think for all of us, the most important thing to focus on is the morning routine. The morning routine is how you, it sets the energetic tone of the day. It sets so much. And this is a routine that I teach out to everybody. I teach to my clients. I put it publicly. I put it in some of my books. So here's the steps, Elizabeth. You ready? I can't, I'm, I'm seriously on the edge of my seat right now. I can't <laughs> even wait for whatever you're about to tell me. I'm going to do whatever it is. <laughs> so this hits on all the cornerstones. I'll say them again. Food, body, emotional well-being, and spiritual growth. I believe that, again, our power lies in our wholeness. So we want to approach our all our self-care, all our wellness practices from that wholeness perspective. So the first thing I do is I sit up right in my bed and I do a meditation. Now, it is not the most quiet meditation. Sometimes I'm nursing. My four-year-old is often in the bed next to me playing. But if I don't do it right away, I don't do it. And this sets everything for me, getting into the breath, getting into the body. And by the way, we have all free meditations. I put out new ones all the time over on our app or over on our website, which you can check out. Um, It's just life-changing. Even if it's five minutes, you want to get into your breathing. So many of my clients have said to me over the years, I don't have time to do a meditation. I don't have time for three minutes. I say to them, well, then you don't really have a life because if you can't make time to breathe into your body, then I don't know what we're talking about here. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too. You're doing it first, which I've realized first, that the money, money time for me is like early, early morning. And whatever I do for myself, it's only in those hours. Because if I say later, oh, I'll get to that, that never happens. Because once this train has left the station, it is like a speeding train. That's right. And also all these goals, all these things we're trying to do, we're trying to be more productive. We're trying to eat healthier. I promise you, your meditation will support you. I found with all of my clients, if you get connected to your body, your food cravings go way down. You have another source for soothing yourself and energizing yourself other than food. So it's very powerful to do this meditation in the morning. Then I get out my journal. I usually have it right next to me. And I spend at least five minutes just journaling. And this is the emotional part for me. Sometimes I write my goals, my intentions for the day. If, you know, we talked about letting go. Sometimes I write down things I need to let go of. I need to let go of the stress of this having to be like this, or I need to let go of this. And something there's, you know, this big study from Harvard I referenced in one of my books about the power of writing things down. I had this big sleep doctor on my podcast and he talked about writing things down about an hour or two before bed helps you sleep better because it's getting out of your head. Yeah. So I journal next. Then I go into my kitchen and the first thing that is in my body is, is warm water with lemon. So I do it doesn't that. have to be hot. It can be warm. Yeah. It doesn't have to be hot. I don't, I can't do a hot beverage. I can't do it. Not hot. I mean, hot is like not boiling because we don't want to destroy the vitamin C, but it should be warm. Elizabeth, definitely not icy in the morning. Okay. Warm because, okay. Think of this analogy. If you take a block of cheese, let's say, and you keep it in your fridge, it's going to stay solid. But if you take that cheese and you put it in a pan and you turn the fire on, it starts to melt. There's an active process that heat does. And this is a very Ayurvedic concept. So when you apply heat in the body in the morning, first of all, you start to relax your your GI tract, your bowels. We want to have a big bowel movement in the morning. <laughs> um, we want to bring that heat also brings presence into the belly. And then the, the lemon is full of vitamin C. It's full of enzymes that support your liver. Your liver is your main fat burning organ, your main detoxifying organ. So we want to start the day on an up. So you put hot water with lemon in. And while I'm doing this, I take two SBO probiotics. And these are the feel good Saluna SBO probiotics that have clinical research. They're amazing. SBO stands for soil born organisms. So you see how this all ties together, Elizabeth, back yes. to nature. This is how our ancestors got probiotics. They didn't have some you know, synthetic formula. They would pull the carrots and the romaine from the garden and they would eat a little bit of dirt every day. And that dirt has a perfect mix of bacteria. We were meant to live in such close connection with nature that we were actually meant to eat the earth every day. So the soil-borne organisms, uh, soil uh, SBO probiotics are brown. They look like dirt. And you take them and they're very hardy. They can survive your stomach acid. And when I started taking these, oh my gosh, my energy, my skin, my weight, my everything, my brain, my fogginess went away. It just really changed my life. So I started producing them and um, putting them out. No, I mean, I've heard of the magics of, of probiotics from everyone. I've, I've heard well, about it, but it's, I think it's hard because it seems like there's a lot. And so we don't, yeah. and I don't know the world. Low. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like saying jeans are cool, right? I mean, we can get stretchy jeans or tight jeans yes. or, you know, wear jeans or boyfriend jeans or whatever probiotics, you know, there's the kind that are so delicate, they need to be refrigerated. And I say, well, yes. how's that going to survive stomach acid? 
There's kinds that focus on numbers, back to the numbers, 50 billion culture count. Yes, but when you look, they're mostly bifidobacterium or you know cheaper strains that really don't coincide with the actual microbiota of your body. So the kind of probiotics you take make all the difference. Mm. So I really stand behind these because they work. Yeah. And then the next thing I do is I have it right here, Elizabeth, my glowing green smoothie. I told her she came on the podcast and I see it across <laughs> the frame and I was like, is that what I think it is? Is that the green smoothie? Because I just printed out the recipe. I've already told my husband he's super excited because he loves smoothies. He lo- That's like his favorite thing in the world. So we are going to be making this green smoothie and I will put the recipe in the show notes because I'm so excited right. to try it. There's, it's a very, you know, there's a, there's a ratio. There's a, there's a lot of intelligence in it. It's not just, oh, let's throw everything in. So first of all, I'll say the base is water. In the morning, you need nutrients. You need, you know, the the minerals of the greens, the vitamins. You don't need a lot of heaviness in the morning. So I have something called the power protein smoothie that I have later, but this morning smoothie isn't where I'm sticking in a bunch of nuts or chia seeds or anything like that. It's a simple ratio. It's water. And then it's about 70% greens and you can mix and match. And I usually encourage you, you know, dark greens like kale, spinach, but also celery and dark leafy romaine. And if you can tolerate cilantro, which some people can't, or I love it. I love it. I love it too. It's in mine today. That will also help cleanse your system. And then there's always lemon because more lemon, you know, again, we just need to really uh, nurture our livers in today's world and about 30% fruit. So, uh, you know, uh, the classic recipe is apple, pear, banana, but you can mix and match. If you're trying to do lower sugar, you could just do green apple. Um, my son loves strawberries. Sometimes I'll put in that, but you mix and match. But again, it's very simple. It's fruits, vegetables, and water. This is a very simple time in the morning. So there's an aspect, and I could go on and on, but there's an aspect here where we're not introducing concentrated fats and protein right mm-hmm. away. So there is an element of almost intermittent fasting, but with you're still getting the nutrients, you're still getting the fiber. So you're gonna still feel that fullness, but you're not having to metabolize harder to digest foods straight away. Now, if you're like me and you're nursing or you're busy or you're running around, then, you know, by mid morning, I'll also have a nice big wrap with hummus and avocado and sprouts and tomatoes. So the smoothie isn't the only thing I drink in the morning, but that solid routine is Mm -hmm. meditation, journaling, hot water with lemon, SBO probiotics, GGS, what we call the glowing green smoothie. That's the foundation. That's the energy. You're giving your your body all these nutrients and the fiber. You're taking the right um, supplement. You're taking the SBO probiotics. You're you're connecting. You're you have your spiritual practice and your emotional. You're really nurturing your emotional well-being by the journaling. So it's a way to start in your wholeness, and it's a very powerful way to start each day. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think I mean I've I have heard from every single person I've had on this podcast. They all say that owning your mornings is literally the key to life. That if you don't take control from of your mornings and put yourself on the list, tap on the list in the mornings, then it's really hard to like work it in later or even have any time or even want to because you get tired, you know? So these are the times, right? When we wake up, that's a great time to med- meditate. Open your eyes and sit up, right? That's a time to really do it. So I love, I love that idea. I love that idea. <laughs> Good. I love it. 
So tell me what I know you're you're you've got to be up to something because you've just got too many good ideas and things. And I'm already like loving every single thing you do, but I'm sure you're working on something. So I want to know what you're kind of working <laughs> on or what's next for you. Or maybe it's like a personal thing you're you're doing too. I don't know. But what are, what's next well, for you? I laugh, Elizabeth. You're right. There's always a lot going on. Um, and it feels, you know, I think the longer you go along, the more you follow this routine and then you, you build from the inside out. So I have an amazing team, which allows me to be creative and helps me execute. I'm very grateful for that. So I'm working on a few things I'm really excited about. First of all, I'm in the editing process now for my sixth book. And Elizabeth, I think it's my best book ever. It comes out early in 2022. I had the idea for this book come through me when I was about 34 weeks pregnant. And it just came out and I presented it over a zoom call and they bought the book and month after giving birth, I was just starting to write. I mean, that's how it is for me. It just has to be that download. So I'm writing um, my sixth book and we just launched our Saluna app, which is free. You can check it out. There's a membership portal, which I'm very passionate about. It's for our Saluna circle, which is our tribe, Elizabeth. It's where we come together. We do a, a women's circle every month together. Now it's on Zoom. There's daily tips. There's a very strong community. We interact. We connect with each other. There's a lot of resources. There's a free meditation every month. There's meditations every month. There's elixir recipes. There's all sorts of things in the circle. So we just launched that about a month ago. So I'm putting a lot of energy into our new app. And um, we have some new products that are launching, including our upcoming fertility and pregnancy course, which I'm really uh, passionate about. It's, it's all video. We've, we've also interviewed 12 amazing experts, amazing, amazing doctors and other people involved in this course. Um, we also have some products coming out. I mean, you have so many good things. I love it. Coming down the pipeline. Yeah, lots of things. <laughs> but you're, can you tell us what this book is even about? Or no, you can't even tell us. I'm I like a general. I haven't shared it yet publicly, but I will say that it is about really um, it's going to teach people. You know, people always say to me, how have you created all this stuff? Like you were saying, like, what you know, how do you have all this vitality? This book is going to teach you not just to have the skin or the weight, but really to have that, but also execute your life and to create your dreams it's going to be the practices, including the, the, the yogic practices, the secrets. Those are my recipe for life. And I've never written about this before. Ooh, I feel like this is going to be your best one ever. It definitely is my best one. This is the first time I'm sharing the special sauce. Not oh just for your team, but the whole thing. I am going to be pre-ordering this book whenever <laughs> this is available. So yes, I'm going to buy this. Okay, we are on to the speed round. This is my okay. favorite time. Okay. And I don't even know if you actually do drink. So this is going to be funny. If you say green smoothie, I'm going to die laughing. What is your <laughs> cocktail of choice? Oh, so I don't, I had a big alcohol history. Now I'm not such a big drinker, but I do love red Cabernet. So I'm a wine girl. I'm not a big cocktail person, but I would have a beautiful Cabernet with you, Elizabeth. <laughs> again, again, you and my husband, I don't, he, he loves a big cab. Yes. Like I'm over here with my dirty martini and he's with his <laughs> like giant Cabernet. Um, what is a mantra? You, you probably have 20 of these, but I'm just going to say, pick one or two. What is a mantra or quote that you live by? Oh, um, so I say, uh, show up, do your best, let spirit guide you. And let go of the results. 
I may need to write that and put it on the top of my computer right here because <laughs> that's really good. I like that. Okay. Um, a beauty tip, something to help us look and feel better. Ooh. Simple, simple thing that we can all do. Well, I feel like the whole morning practice is aimed at that, but, yes. um, I guess, you know, I get asked a lot about hair growth yes. seems to be a big thing with stress. So a really simple thing that you can do again, this is an Ayurvedic practice. It's free. It's easy is give yourself a one minute scalp massage every night before you go to bed. It is powerful. It stimulates the hair follicle. It releases all this tension in our scalp that can prevent growth and nutrients from coming in. And it just does wonders for your hair growth. So it's so easy. Just when you brush your teeth, just go like this, massage your scalp for a minute or two and watch what happens to your hair. I'm going to try that. Okay. I like this. Um, what makes you feel, I told you anything you're doing, I am, I am in with you. I don't know what is going on. I, I literally am like, I am sold on you. I don't know anything you're doing. I'm doing it. Um, what makes you feel unstoppable? I feel that when I, And, you know, this is spiritual part of me comes forward. I really feel when, um, you know, I've said in my mantra, let me be guided by spirit. I feel when I sit and I meditate and I get my ego out of the way, what Kimberly wants to do, but what is for the greater good? What can I be used for? Your cause, your 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 tasks, your doing become fueled because so much bigger than you. It's not just about you. So when I align to that, that's when I feel unstoppable. It's not just about me. I'm doing this for spirit. I'm doing this for others. I'm doing this to help. I love it. I love it. What do you love about yourself? I had to recently add this question because I feel like that's a hard question for some people. And I think it's really important to know all the things that you love about yourself. I think we need to be nicer to ourselves, Kimberly. So what do you love about yourself? Well, I give myself credit because I've done a lot of self-growth over the years. And so I love that I'm always wanting to grow. And I will say, I love that one thing I'm really proud of, if I'm going to be proud of one thing, it's that I'm I consider myself a really kind person and I show up for people. I want to be there for them. I want to listen. And the kindness, I think, is what I really love. I love that. I love that. What is exciting you the most right now? Well, I love my baby smiles. (laughs) I love my family life. And I'm really out of the moon excited about this next book. I am excited about this next book. I don't know. I'm very excited. I'm literally to know. Well, because I mean, that's really a good point. You've kind of had these books that are about certain things, right? Certain areas of your life. But then when you boil it all down and you say, well, this is sort of my recipe for living. That is something everybody really, that's why I asked you the routine question, right? Because we all want to know what is your recipe for living? Like, how do you kind of have all these things going on and, and kind of put all these parts and kind of pull it all together? So that's really exciting. I can't wait for you to read it, Elizabeth. (laughs) I'm dying. I can't wait. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really have to tell you, I was so looking forward to this and you do not disappoint on any level. Oh my gosh. Well, Elizabeth, I love your energy. You are so bright 
and energetic. And I loved our conversation. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh my gosh. You're so welcome. And I, everybody needs to tune into her podcast. I'm telling you, it is very, very good. I really loved it. So thank you for joining me today, everybody. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a positive review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye now.